there were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello and welcome to this month's Flicking. It's a little later than it usually is, but I'm thinking probably well worth it. It is our regular route through our favourite films, put before two excellent people to see whether they stand the test of love. I am, as ever, joined by the excellent Yossi Osman. Yossi, hello. Hi. Sorry, I jumped in too early there. I'm quite excited. She's excited. She's excited. And a I'm... week late. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> what does time mean anymore? <laughs> and also, the voice that you know and love. Hannah Dunleavy. Ah, hello. <laughs> okay. I feel like it, this might descend at some point into a collection of noises. Bear with us, listeners. We'll get there in the end. Yosra, I think you were excited because it was your pick this month. So uh-huh. tell us what you had Hannah and I watching and why you love it. Actually, I was just excited to be joined by your two lovely selves. But yes, it is true. This month, it's my turn. It's my pick. And I've gone for Peter Weir's 1998 comedy, drama, some might call it sci-fi, a whole lot of things. The Truman Show, starring Jim Carrey as everyman, Truman Burbank, an insurance salesman who has no idea that his supposedly ordinary mundane life in Sea Haven is actually a giant reality TV show. And he is literally the main character. So, yeah, the world revolves around Truman. He's on one big TV set and every second is being filmed for a show and a very hungry audience. The brains behind it is Ed Harris's Christoph, who we'll come to later. And pretty much everything in Truman's life is put there um, on purpose. And everything is kind of fake, including the people he thinks he is closest to, such as his best friend Marlon, played by Noah Emmerich, and his wife, Meryl, played by Laura Linney, who, in terms of how this is all set up and filmed, I think it's fair to say, does a lot of the heavy lifting in playing Truman's oh, wife. she's wonderful, but let's talk more yeah. about her later. We'll come on to that, yes. We join Truman at a point where things are starting to feel a little strange in his so-called controlled environment, and things are beginning to unravel. Lights are falling from the sky, the radio suddenly starts just tracking his every move, and at one point he sees his deceased father approach before being hurried away. He's also pining after Lauren slash Sylvia, who is an extra who he was not supposed to fall in love with. He's obviously supposed to be with Meryl, but she's quickly removed to Fiji before she can tell him. Well, in the, in the TV show, Fiji. she's yeah, Fiji, um, in inverted commas, before she can tell him any of the truth. So as he starts to question everything around him and makes moves to escape Sea Haven, things slowly start to piece together in his mind. And as the audience, we join him on this journey. Mm. I've always found this film pretty fascinating since I first watched it, which was many years ago now. But one of the points that we'll come to is I actually think it's really interesting to watch it again in Mm -hmm. this modern time. Um, It's a film that gets you thinking about the cult of celebrity, media manipulation, the invasion of privacy, and basically the overall price of entertainment. It still holds today. um, And with the prominence of things like reality TV, of which I must admit I watch a ton of it, and social media, 
it's actually quite a chilling watch and it raises a lot of ethical questions, mm-hmm. uh, some of which I'm sure we're going to go into. Right, so I've rattled on enough about my kind of overall thoughts on the film. So Hannah, Mickey, I guess my first question comes back to what I just said. I don't know when you first saw this film, but how does it feel watching it again now? And does it to you seem more relevant than ever before? I first watched it when it came out of the cinema and I had previously been very anti Jim Carrey. I saw the mask when I was at university and had a nightmare that evening about him and it was just <laughs> enough to put me off. I just found it too much. His rubbery face, I found him really scary. And a friend of mine went to see this at the cinema and said, you should go and see it. It's really good. And I was like, I don't like Jim Carrey. And they were like, even so, you should go and see it. And I had actually picked it for one of our rated or dated for all the reasons that you say. Because I think it's so interesting. But then when you picked it, um, I scrubbed it off because, yes, I agree. I think it says an awful lot about an awful lot outside it, what it says about reality TV as well. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a really good pick. And, yeah. What was, what was the question? The question was, is it relevant now more than ever? Oh, I mean, absolutely. It's one of those films that manages seemingly to predict the future in a lot of ways, which is, because this is pretty big brother which i suppose is the, the closest thing that you could equate this to so yeah agreed mickey i saw it at the cinema when it came out as well and I, i'm not a huge fan of jim carrey when he's in rubber mug mode but i did like ace ventura i'm pretty sure that one wouldn't stand up to read it or dated though <laughs> and so the mask was the one that i really hated as well but when the truman show came out i went to the cinema and loved it. I thought it was an incredible bit of cinema and it felt like being immersed in this world and that it was possible. And so I haven't seen it since, which is weird because when I like a film, I will watch it again, but I haven't seen it since. And so watching it yesterday, I was blown away, one, by how good it is and how beautifully cast everyone is and how just such a perfect film it is. And two, of course, by how prescient it was. I think Andrew Nichol, the screenwriter, said in an interview that it was just as he finished writing the screenplay that the real world came out in America, which is probably the, the biggest first reality TV show. And I don't watch loads of reality TV. I don't like feeling like I'm spying on people's lives. And I also don't know how authentic a person can be when they know they're in front of a camera. So what oh. are we watching anyway? Which is all tied up in the Truman Show as well. I do love a bit of Grand Designs, which is a reality TV show. Yeah. And the fact is, we are just inundated with them now. We cannot escape them anymore. They make up such a huge majority of television shows because there is this hunger, is the word you used in your intro, Yasser, this hunger to watch other people going about their lives. Oh, but it's, oh, it's so good. I think you could potentially even put horror into your description of what it is as a genre because it is horrifying that this could exist and horrifying that it does exist like if there was a show suggested where they got a baby and filmed that baby and never told them i think people would tune in i think there'd be some sort of moral outcry but i think people would tune in terrifying i think what's interesting as well is it doesn't just predict the genre of this sort of thing mm. it actually predicts the downfall of this sort of thing mm. as well as in it points out the faults in it it doesn't just say there's going to be a point that we're all going to be sick watching people live their lives 
but it yeah. also says this is what's intrinsically wrong with this as a as a concept. We have a TV show where people watch people watching TV. Yeah. And it's yeah. huge. Gogglebox is huge. Yeah. And the people watching TV on TV have become TV stars. It's yeah. madness. You can kind of see when it first came out in 1998 that it might have been a bit of a warning because there were elements Ooh. that were starting to be interested in the lives of others and the kind of private details of other people's lives, but not to the extent as now. And it's interesting we talk about reality TV because I actually first watched this around 2007, 2008. So at that point, we'd mm. already had Big Brother, which was huge. And we were starting to see things shift a little bit from, going back to your point, Mickey, people who are just being themselves on reality TV to people who are very aware that they can get fame out of being on reality mm. TV. And you can say, even when you look now, 2023, there is, you get the sense that a lot of people on this are just sort of putting on a show because mm -hmm. they know that they're on reality TV. So the question is, if you've got somebody like Truman who's had, who has absolutely no idea, would we all be really engaged in it? Would we question it? And I actually think a lot of us would be like, yeah, but it's one of those things we'd be like, but it's good TV though, isn't it? It's just really good TV. And yep. that is really, really disturbing. And it's just crazy. We could go to a line from the most recent succession. We just made a good night of TV. It doesn't matter. And, and yeah. it's like, it, it does matter. It does matter. <laughs> I think as well, the the interesting point is that it also asks the question that we saw, that we had a conversation about when we watched Spray Gardens, which is, what would you do if, yeah. if the world wasn't watching? But the irony is, the world is watching. He just doesn't realise. So you actually yeah. get to see him about his most, you know, because what was interesting about Big Brother, although I've never watched it, the first series I could see it was an interesting social experiment. Mm -hmm. But the minute the outside world came in and they realised that someone was actually watching this, because they could have emerged from that house the first year and discovered that nobody had watched it and nobody really cared. The minute you introduce the idea that you are being watched, people's personality changes. So it's really unfiltered behaviour you get on Truman on this. And I think it's really interesting as well. We've talked about telly and reality TV, but so many people live their everyday lives like this, and I put everyday in inverted commas, because of social media now. So mm -hmm. you're not just yeah. the most valuable player in your own life. You try to get that to be a thing that you sell to other people on social media. You get people who document their every move, every thought on social media, and people who want to hear that. And it's it's... It's weird, isn't it? It's just weird. So mm -hmm. who is your authentic self? And I guess the only authentic reality TV star that could ever exist is Truman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think is what Christoph is trying to get at because he talks about how Truman is, is truth. That's what he's trying to get out of this and hoping that Truman never discovers about the outside world because they just want to see somebody living their true and, and ordinary life. And that's why it was so interesting at the time, because you mentioned this, Hannah, you started off for this, it was Jim Carrey that they cast in this role, which if I was there at that point, I would have questioned that. I'd be like, why Jim Carrey? Because he's so out there and he's doing the mask and he's doing Ace Ventura and he's just so much to take on screen. Mm. But actually, I don't know what you both think, but he carries this role really, really well. And you do start to see flurries of that when he starts discovering that something 
is not quite right. Yeah, I mean, I mostly remain not a fan of Jim Carrey, but this is one of two films that he's in, in which I think he is really, really good. Is he the one, Man on the Moon? No, the other one's being Eternal Sunshine of the Spot. Oh, yeah. He is very, very good in that as well. But yeah, in, in a way, he's perfect. Because the other thing is, I don't like Truman, especially. He would get on my yeah. pit. There's something about his ridiculously <laughs> sunny nature. So the fact that it's Jim Carrey is fine. Is it, it's I can feel for Truman without actually like. Yeah, and it's really interesting that Truman's character suits Jim Carrey so much because he is over the top and he, he is, there's a little bit of the rubber mug going on as Truman. Yeah. But I read a piece in, I think it was in Variety, that was really interesting and it said it works because Truman, the character, Truman, has been raised amongst people who all want to please him and are all really nice to him because they want to keep their jobs. So he's yeah. been raised to always be, because everyone's really lovely to Truman all of the time and therefore yeah. he is Mr oh, hi, and like over the top and sunny and no one has gone, mate, you might need to tone that down a bit. Yeah, calm it down, mate, yeah. (laughs) And the world that they're in is very prescriptive. They're all following these set rules and procedures that essentially are coming from Christoph Ed Harris's character. And it's just interesting because I was thinking about this when I rewatched it yesterday. The sacrifices that actually a lot of the supporting cast, Mm. cast, Mm. have to take to just be in this world, and I come back to my intro, let, let's talk about Laura Linney as poor Meryl. Yeah. Because she clearly doesn't like Truman, and she's put up with this folk, I mean, so many years that you can kind of, when when things do start to unravel, and she's the one that's getting most of the questioning as well, and it's just, you can imagine, such a burden for her. And she has to do all the advertising as well. Probably the cocoa. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. <laughs> and who is going to own her baby? Yes, exactly. Because they are trying for a baby. It's a really interesting discussion around their sex life and consent yeah. and all sorts of stuff on both sides, I think. I think yeah. obviously she is the one who knows what she's getting herself into. But did she when it started? Like, do you, do you know? Like Hannah said with the original Big Brother, it might not have worked. It might not have yeah. been a thing. I suppose when she's on the scene, people already love Truman. Her performance is astonishing. Her performance is astonishing because you can imagine she's going into this, probably not fully understanding what this role for her was going to become and how much she'd have to, yet yeah, do the heavy lifting, carry things and, and be that wife without being a wife to Truman. And for Laura Lily to pull that off, I think it's absolutely amazing. You know, the bits where she does do these little looks because she's just like I, I don't know if I could take this anymore I'm not sure what to do in this situation he's driving the car off the bridge I don't know if I'm going to be sane like it's a really really amazing performance from her yeah yeah great he threatens her you know he has a with a kind of knife to her throat at one point there's a bit where they're driving over the bridge and the fact that what she wails is I can't stay under these conditions it's so unprofessional it's funny, but it is also scary that, you know, because she has lived with this mask on. How does she yeah. know who she is? Yeah. It, it, that whole scene for me is really, really disturbing. Mm. And at the end, it seems that the only person Truman really trusts, apart from Sylvia, who he's not seen in years, is Marnon, his friend. 
who he has that scene with where they're sitting and Marlon has to, you know, say back that line that's being fed to him about, you know, I would never lie to you. And he is the only person Truman trusts. And that's another scene that I found equally disturbing, the way Mm. he's fed this. But you kind of see that Truman's starting to believe it because he's his closest confidant, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I just want to say on that note, the Americans, which I know Mitt's seen, but I don't know if you've ever seen, and is absolutely brilliant. Um, Noah Emmerich is cast as Matthew Reese's next-door neighbour slash best friend in this, and it is the most perfect bit of casting, because right from the off, you're like, I don't know if I trust this dude. I do not know Mm -hmm. if I trust this dude, and it's all carried over in the tune. Yeah. Yeah. It is a similar role in, in, like, yeah, you've just nailed it, Hannah, but it's amazing how he does that. And again, like, acting, oh, do we have people in our lives who do act and just tell us what we want to hear? It's like, it's really interesting moral questions. That's exactly that, because I think it, it you, you can see it on the level that it's about, you know, we can see now it's about reality TV. But I think if you look back at what it was also asking in 1998, is a, a sort of deeper question. Number one, how much of what people say to us is true or they're just saying, just say whatever. But also, how much is that image? And I would argue a lot. How much is that image of the perfect American town utterly fake? Mm. Yeah. It was an actual town in Florida, right? It's actually called Seaside, and they went and commandeered it and renamed it Sea Haven. But that town exists. That life that Truman lives is aspirational, right? In inverted commas. But yeah. how could yeah. you ever live like that? And to and me, how could you not want to leave it? Oh, that's, yeah. that's my mind question, because when I watch it, I always think, well, what if I was Truman? And there's two things that come up there. So one is around, would you just never want to leave? Because actually this perfect and inverted commas seaside town to me is just creepy as anything. Yeah, boring. Yeah. It just looks boring. And look, I would be desperate to leave. I know they put in mechanisms for him to not want to leave, like again, really dark, his dad dying at the waters that he never thinks to venture on a boat outwards, things like that. But for me, that would be so, so dull, but I'm not conditioned to believe that this world is perfect and and not to leave it. The other thing I was thinking, which goes back to your point, Hannah, is around believing what people are saying to you. I mean, the amount of gaslighting and emotional manipulation in this world that Truman goes through you can see how he does believe it, even when he's starting to see these things go awry. But people are saying, you know, if you've, if you've got everyone around you telling you that, oh, no, it's nothing to worry about. I think if I was Truman, I'd fall for it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, and just carry on living my life as normal. Well, I know I bring this up a lot, but as someone who lives in a small town, which many people love, and many people pay a lot of money to move to now, and as someone who desperately wanted to get out, I feel that there is something of the, of the metaphor in that as well, of actually how hard it is to leave. And yeah. obviously, people weren't putting fake like bridges in my way or like you know fake fires, but it's still on a, an emotional level hard to leave something. And yeah. I think it's all it really does sort of drive that point home, even if it's by artificial barriers and this. But also how little we question things unless we're forced yeah. into questioning yeah. them. There's so much acceptance. We don't we don't look into anything very closely until something really forces our hand. Usually, there obviously this is a, a wide generalization, as generalizations tend to be, Mickey. 
uh, this is a sweeping generalization, but we tend to just go, this is our lot, this is what we do, and we won't investigate whether this is true, whether I should be seeking something better, whether I should leave, whether that person is who they say they are, until something makes us suspicious. And Truman has lived for nearly 30 years without anything making him suspicious. There's been the odd little thing, but it's it's gone away. And yet now yeah. all these things come at once. And maybe because he's bored and because he's nearly 30 in the same way that we all kind of go through life questioning phases at certain ages, maybe it's all because of that as well. Well, it's been held in a state of arrested development, hasn't it? basically, because yeah. yeah. he's never had any real problem. He's never had the problems that we've had of, oh my God, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to find a job? How am I going to do any of those things? How am I going to hold on to this relationship that's crumbling or, or whatever? He just, you know, things are put in his path. But yeah, in in a lot of ways, it's the same as when he, there are things that I I know now I was right about, but as a child I was told I was wrong about because you know, that they were about bigger issues that my parents thought I couldn't cope with uh-huh. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, can I just say, I think yeah. Weir is brilliant. I bloody love him. He is responsible for two really brilliant other films that I absolutely love, Picnic at Hanging Rock and uh, Master and Commander. And I feel like he builds world so brilliantly where you're just completely in it. And suddenly you're like, I'm on this boat. I'm in this weird Aussie uh, boarding school and in this case I'm in this strange town and you just buy it immediately and oh. uh, yeah I think he's excellent work. yeah it is beautifully directed I think Yosra I think it's almost a perfect film I think it just yeah. all of everything that comes together comes together so beautifully and it's it's one of very few films that is so prescient and wears it so yeah. lightly because I don't think they realised obviously how prescient they were going to be yeah, and it's, yeah, I, I thoroughly did. I love watching it again. It's uncomfortable. It's so good. It's yeah. uncomfortable. But the other thing I was going to say is, in terms of it being kind of a didactic feel, it's never to the point where it comes across, I don't know, preachy's the right word in terms of telling us what to think. It is quite open. And I think people's different, people's experiences of watching the film and what they think about and what they might be like in that situation are really different and that's why it's such an for me this is why I thought it's the perfect film to choose to talk about because there's just so much that you can take from it yeah we have to record adverts for this podcast and we have you know kind of rules as for what we will and won't say because you don't want to give your soul away for the Daily Mail or the Sun or whatever (laughs) and uh, fortunately our boss is good with that but yeah, there's. There, I found watching her doing all of that, although it is hilarious so watching good. her do all of that sort of product placement and stuff. That bit spoke to me in a way that it hasn't before because I've I've not I I've now had to put on a relatively sunny voice and do something that feels kind of unnatural to me, which yeah. I wouldn't ordinarily do. The <laughs> desperation when she starts talking about the cocoa is just, and he's like, <laughs> oh, "Why are you yeah. talking like that?" But she, every time, like, she even when Laura Linney is probably my favourite thing in this film, because even when she just yeah. comes into a room and she sort of arranges herself in a door frame or leaning on the banister, and it's so model actress, they're actually they're actually not great actors that he's surrounded with, but because he doesn't know well, any different, no. it works. No, he wouldn't know. It's, it's really interesting. Um, 
And actually, one of the things that I was going to come to is at the end of the film, when he kind of gets on the boat and he goes out and out and out, and then Kristoff uh, talks to him as if he's God, and he understands the truth, and he has this choice to make about does he want to stay or does he want to go? And obviously, as we know, he chooses freedom. But one of the things that I found interesting in terms of this kind of how they, they twist it all around is uh, the audience, it, you see, you know, you've got the visuals of the audience watching his story mm. and they're all involved with this fake lifestyle for him. But the way it switches to when he chooses freedom, it's like this amazing denouement for them all and they're all so pleased and they're actually really happy yeah. that he's getting freedom despite having followed him for 30 years and wanted him to be in this safe, protective little bubble. It's just another thing around how fickle perhaps we as viewers can do you think that anyone would watch a reality TV show for 30 years? People watch soap operas for like oh, yeah, however true. many no, years. True. And it's just it's true. just a heightened soap opera for everyone apart from Truman. I mean, I'm not picking flaws in this because genuinely I think it is a great film. So I'm I'm not I mean that is to me a bit of a hole, but I'm happy to gloss over it. Also the question of how the fuck is he going to integrate into real life age thirty is also a yeah. massive question that's hanging there. But don't you think that's interesting? Stepping out in 1998, I think that question is very different to how we would handle it stepping out now. Yeah. We just get on social media, there'd be loads of other reality TVs, there'd be other people that yeah. are affected by it you could hang out with. And that is the uh-huh. shift since it came out to watching it now. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say, you two have both made me feel incredibly guilty for the fact that I watch a ton of reality TV. <laughs> No judgment, Yasra, no judgment. But that's the thing, watching this film, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd never watch something like that if I understood the core thing that this man was going through. But I don't know, if everyone else is doing it and that's just the norm, so, you know, people would. And that's the really, as we've said, that's the really kind of gross thing about watching it. But yeah, anyway, that that was my pick. It seems like it's a hit with both of you. Oh yeah, it was yeah, great. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Hannah, I think it's you next. We were talking about Catherine Hepburn the other day on the podcast, so let's watch the Philadelphia story. Nice. Lovely stuff. Once again, I'll get out my big trousers. (laughs) Standard issue for all women.